everybody, welcome to Busy Living So Far. Busy Living So Far. I love it. See, I need to start filming these. That's what I'm doing in 2020. You guys, I'm very excited. Lisa's here. Hello, Lisa. hello, everyone. Hello, hello, hello. She's got such a great voice. Will you tell us about yourself? Such a, uh, a Philly accent I have. You do? You're a I Philly did. girl! Yeah, northern, northern accent. Northern accent. And we're yes. down here in Florida. And, you know, I met Lisa. I guess I met you. Did I meet you before the women's conference? I think so, yeah. Yeah, so we met... Yeah, we went to Lon- We were at Marlene's, I believe. I think I we met, were, yeah. yes. And we met then. And then I really got to know you at the women's conference. And you, told your, and you told your story there. Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. And it was... You made me cry. Aww. Well, it was moving. It was really moving because... I just to see what you've been through and what you're and that you're doing it. You do it each day. Well, I try. We all try to do it each day. If you're an Alcoholics Anonymous, you're you're trudging the road of happy destiny, right? Doing exactly. It each day. Each day. So, will you tell us what it was like, what happened, and what it's like today? Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, so I'm um, I'm an Irish Catholic kid, right? I was born in Northeast Philadelphia, and I have four older brothers and myself. And um, my mother was a hospital administrator. My father worked for Pepsi Cola, and we were just you know happy go lucky. And um, you know I was the only female in that family, so I grew up with a lot of love. And my brothers used to fight over who was going to hold me. And so there was a lot of um, camaraderie between us. But my house was definitely full of chaos. And my father was, um, he was definitely alcoholic. He had a drinking problem. And my mother was really angry at that. So there was a lot, there was chaos in the household to that degree. So anything that my brothers wanted to do, I wanted to do. If there was, you know, if they wanted to go outside and play baseball, I was running behind them, all that kind of stuff. Um, But as I got older, um, I used to notice that, you know, I would be hanging out with their friends and being in the, in the, in the, in the whole guy area. And, you know, you know, if you're an Alcoholics Anonymous and you're a woman, you have a problem with the guy area, right? (laughs) Little bit, little bit. So I grew up with a lot of men. And, um, anyway, I tried to, I tried to do all the right things. I tried to go to college. I tried to, but I always found my way back to the drinkers. You know, and um, and it was a problem. I, I always felt less than. I always felt like I just couldn't get a handle on my drinking, and I didn't know what the hell was going on. You know how you don't know what the hell is going on with you? Yeah. You, you, you go out with your friends, and you do the same thing that they do, but you wake up three days later in a place that you don't know and people that you don't know, mm-hmm. and you wonder, what is wrong with Like, why are they able to drink and go home and, and live normal lives, but I can't stop when I, and that just, that just goes on and on and on until you are completely devastated and you feel so broken that the only, the only really, you know, the only way is up. But, um, 
I entered Alcoholics Anonymous June the 15th, 1993. It was my first meeting at a place called Summerton Noon in Philadelphia. And I remember walking in there and, you know, I was actually coming out of the woods, believe it or not. And the last two weekends, the last two weeks of my drinking, I would say I was breaking into people's, you know, in Northeast Philadelphia, they have these these French doors or these right. sliding glass doors. So I would wait for people to actually, you know, like go to work. And then I would go in, I'd, I'd break into their houses and then I would take a shower and have something to eat, watch days of our lives, <laughs> have a wonderful little, you know, and think that I would, now this is, this is living. And those schmoes out there that have a job like those poor bastards, you know, <laughs> oh my God, like they don't, I got to teach them something. So a guy named Joe Brown pulls me out of the woods and says to me, "Listen, we have uh, we have donuts and coffee up here. If you'd like to, if you'd like to go." And I was like, "Donuts and coffee? Wow! Well, of course I'd like to go." Now, meanwhile, the the image I just want you to understand the image I have in my mind is that I look like Cinderella in the woods. I pretend that I am a naturalist watching birds. <laughs> right? That's what I say to myself, that I am washing my hair in the natural elements in the stream and that, and that I really know how to live and I'm just a gypsy soul. And the fact of the matter is I'm homeless. But I'm not, t- I, it's, it's way too painful to really face that my drinking has got me to this point. So anyway, he pulls me in and I, this is, this is the alcoholic ego. One hour sober. Um, sitting in the meeting, there's a, a gentleman who was sitting next to me. My hair is three different colors. I'm about 50 pounds overweight because I drink beer now. Okay. So I'm sitting there and the gentleman says, hello, sweetheart. Would you, would you like a cup of coffee? And I say, Oh, I, thank you. Thank you so much for a nice hot cup of coffee. And as he was walking back to the coffee bar to get me something to drink, I yell out, I'll take two creams and two sugar, and can you pop that in the microwave, please? <laughs> oh, my God. The whole room turned and looked at me, and I'm like, I thought to myself, what are they looking at? What's the matter with these people? Like the entitlement with the low self-esteem is astonishing. Mm. It's astonishing how there's such a gap between who we think we are and what we really feel about ourselves. It's the alcoholic ego is, I mean, it's like a cockroach that, that absolutely survives in a nuclear blast. <laughs> it has the ability to grow back at any time. It's, it never goes away. So, I love that, that ego. Oh, it's a, yeah, it's an ongoing, it's like, you know, and every time you flush a toilet, right, I think of my ego going down the, and then two seconds later, filling back up again, <laughs> like it's a constant yeah. flushing, a constant flushing, flushing, you have to. Do you use easing God out? 
as an acronym for that sometimes? Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. Easing God out. Or I don't even know that my ego is back. I just hear it come out of my mouth and I'm like, oh, that's ugly. <laughs> oh my God, I can't believe I just said that. You know, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, like it, I totally... You don't, you don't even realize that it's back until... You like think back and say, oh my, oh my gosh, did oh that just God. really come yes. out of my mouth? Yes, exactly. But we have this, we have this ego, but we also are, feel so bad about ourselves that it's, we're inferior. So we're egomaniacs with inferiority complexes. When they talk about that in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, it's like they completely nail it. Don't you agree? Oh my God. Oh, oh. oh. grandiose. Me. Me. Grandiose yeah. with low self-esteem. Yeah. So, um... That was like the beginning of it. And then I started to go to meetings, started to go to meetings. And, I, you know, the first thing that I did was I went to Nordstrom's <laughs> and got a, um, you know, a tanning bed, even though I didn't have a place to live. <laughs> uh, that's a true story. I bought a tanning bed and some of the bulbs were even busted. And I'm asking people, asking people, hey, could you help me like fit this down my 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 friend's basement? I gotta store it down there. They're like, what? Do you have a place to live? Like my drive, I can't even drive yet. My license in, in, is in hock, but I have you know a gym pass, a busted up tanning bed, and I got you know a pass at Nor- you know coupons at Nordstrom's because those are the most important things, right? And I just I totally get them. totally get it, right? And then. Just kept coming back, coming back, coming back. And I would just, I mean, the first thing I did was I put down the drink, but then I picked up relationships. That was the first thing I did. And I just kept going from one relationship to another, from one damaged person to another, because I was damaged, but I didn't know that I was damaged. And um, I kept doing that and doing that and doing that. And if you keep doing that, you you will accomplish some sense of um, success in the, this world. Like I finally got my license back. I finally got you know my own car. My old job took me back. I got a promotion. I got a raise. I'm looking good. I'm smelling good. You know, new sneakers, new haircut, tan. Now I'm like working out. I. I actually did so many sit-ups that I landed up in Frankfurt Hospital with a ruptured spleen. I mean, it's... Excessive to the max, right? Oh. I yeah. bought myself presents every month that I... <laughs> I feel like I got another month. Got another month. Let's go to Nordstrom. I got a present. I got to buy myself a present because I got another month. You know what your your sponsor says? Be good to you. I was like, no problem, no problem. <laughs> there's so much of self, in, you know, blocking self. There's no there's no way you can get God in there because there's so much of me in between me and God that there's no room. No. So. Um, so that's what happened, and I kept on doing that, and and I and I. I, you know, was doing well. And I landed up um, marrying someone in the program. I had uh, 60 days when I met him, two and a half years when I married him. And um, that poor bastard, I still owe him an amends. I mean, just, <laughs> just for like, you know, blaming him for everything. Oh, he did this to me. And I remember my sponsor saying to me, Sally saying to me, Lisa, yeah, yeah, yeah. She'd say, "Um, why do you stay? 
I'm sorry. You didn't hear me. You didn't hear. Because I didn't have an answer to why do you stay. Well, I stayed because he was paying my bills and he was this and he was that. And I was, there was these payoffs that I didn't even know that I was getting. Can you relate yeah. to that? That oh, you yeah, don't yeah, even yeah. know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that kept happening. So, you know, now I, I have my own jewelry store. I decided to go into business for myself and I picked a partner. We, we were the only two female Irish Catholic women on Jewelers Row um, in a primarily Jewish business. And so we're, cool. Yeah, and we were the only, you know, women business owners. And we were doing well, but there was something I can I, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. Like I look back on that piece of my life now, and I think, oh my God, I'm so lucky I, I didn't drink, that I didn't use a substance, that I didn't, you know, I was using a substance. I was using men, but I wasn't uh, using a mood altering substance. Mm. Well, maybe I was, but because men could actually change your mood in a, <laughs> in a heartbeat, right? Yeah, so um, I knew something was wrong with this picture when the Orkin man came into my uh, into mm. my store, and he was an exterminator that we had a contract with. He came in every month and exterminated our our business. And I followed him downstairs, and I was like, oh, he's cute. I'm going to have a little li liaison with the Orkin man. And as I got down to the last step, I thought to myself, what the hell is wrong with you? Like, there's something wrong. And, you know, when you first get into AA and they say, stay away from men, stay away from those, I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. But, I, you know, but there's no listening. There's no listening because you really don't understand what they're trying to tell you, right? Have you well, had do that? You know, but you know what? I was different. That was the first thing I did listen to them. Wow. I did. I was like, you know what? And I would raise my hand and guys would like to want to talk. And I'm like, if you think I'm here to pick any of you up, you know, two stickies don't make a welly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So um, I did the whole year. But then after the year, I, but I still wasn't well enough to be, I mean, a year really it does not make you okay. I mean, to be honest. Ten years. Ten years. Okay. 13 years, I'm still a little yeah. like, itchy. And look at you, you're like, it's like, it's hard. Yes. It's really hard. It's um, like falling in love with yourself, like really thinking, like knowing, like letting go of that shame that I carried around for so long. Well, you don't even know you have shame. You right. think that you're the bell of the ball and everything's, I don't know about you, but that was my experience I had no idea I had shame. I mean, I knew that there was something wrong in the periphery. You know, like I knew mm -hmm. that there was something going on. And the more that I w chose to engage in all the, you know, the businesses and then buying the house and getting this and getting to that and getting the new car and having, if you at eight years sober, if you would have saw me, like the, the, the women that came in that had a year or two, right? If you would have looked at me, you would have, man, that, that alcoholic synonymous works. Look at her. <laughs> she looks I like mean, a million bucks. Not only, you know, I was like in the best <laughs> shape of my life. And, you know, I had it all going on and in the right car and in the right neighborhood and the right zip code with the right handbag and the right this and the right that. But I was dying on the inside. Mm -hmm. And that really is the message that every time that I get asked to speak or share, 
that's the message that I want to carry because you can be completely looking and actually thinking, not feeling, but thinking that you are whole and you are dying on the inside. Your soul is withering away from lack of God. And you don't know it. You don't know it. You think, you know, there was so many, I was, I used to go over the bridge over at, um, yeah, the Brent Franklin bridge to work. And I remember driving, you know, I just had this beautiful new Lexus I bought, you know, when Lexuses were in style, and I'm driving over the Brent Franklin bridge. And I remember thinking to myself, like, if I go fast enough into that post, like it, how do I get the airbag out of the car? And then I would think, why am I thinking like that? What? Why am I thinking like that? Now, the entire time that I'm telling you this, right? I had, I had, a, I, I moved to New Jersey, right? I had a sponsor, her name was Kathy H. God love her. Oh, mm. dear God, that she put up with me for five years. Then I moved to New Jersey, and I met this woman named Sally Blatherwick. Now, there's always going to be that one sponsor in your life that just changes you from the inside out and this woman was so kind and so loving and so straightforward and didn't really care about my feelings so much as she was so she was much more concerned about what I was doing than how I was feeling and I would get on the phone with her and I'd be like Sal you gotta listen to this one and she'd be like no honey no no I want to know what you're doing are you making meetings? Are you sponsoring girls? Are you journaling? What are you doing? What step are you on? What are you reviewing? What's your 10th step look like? I was like, wait a second. I got to tell you about Joey. <laughs> it's like, I don't sponsor Joey, Lisa. I don't want to know about Joey. I, I've had my own Joey's. <laughs> yeah. So she would always redirect my thinking back to me, my program, what I was doing, what I wasn't doing. And um, she really, she really changed my life. And while this was going on, um, I would say to her, you know, Sal, I, I don't feel good. I don't feel good. And she would say to me, Oh, honey, that's because you're doing the busy. And I was like, the busy, the house, the busy. And she would make these little circles and say, Oh, you just run around and run around and keep yourself so goddamn busy that you don't let yourself feel one feeling. That's the busy. And I would say, well, Sal, I mean, we're supposed to stay busy. And she's, yes, Lisa, but we're supposed to actually feel too. See, we, for me, if I wasn't drinking and I wasn't using men and I wasn't drugging and I wasn't using, you know, any kind Shopping. of- Shopping. Anything, okay, my go-to was what Sally would call, and I put quotes around this, the busy. I love that. Yeah. I love that. And you talk about God, and it's ironic because it's, you know, this is going out on Christmas Eve. Wow. The day wow, the baby that's Jesus. Just, Isn't yeah, that's, that amazing? Yes. Such and, um, gratitude I have. Oh, if I didn't have that. Because mm. when you talk about that busyness, we all just want to be busy. Because, I mean, if you're like me, if I'm not busy then I can feel too much. Mm -hmm. And if I feel too much, I'm going to be Humpty Dumpty. Oh. Right? Yeah. Humpty Dumpty. Yep. 
And none of the king's horses or none of the king's men are going to be able to put Humpty back together again. Yes. Isn't that the truth? But if we have God, then, then everything is oh, all possible. Abundance. Amazing. Amazing. You know, I, I remember thinking, of, the worst thing that could happen to me is that, like, I had to go to Alcoholics Anonymous and be with these people. And now the best thing that has ever happened to me is that I'm an Alcoholics Anonymous and I get to be with these people. Oh. I mean, what? It's the same exact thing, but our perception is our problem. Our thinking and our perception. There was a guy, I just want to tell this one story. There was a guy um, that I got sober with over in New Jersey, and he was in a club called Keep It Simple. And I'll never forget him. He was the kind of guy who was would show up in a Harley, you know, tattoos, and he was like, rough, man, rough. right? And he had this skinny, long, skinny gray. He had gray hair. No, like you know, he had no hair. But the hair that he had, he put it, in, and it was like down to his belly button, right? He's skinny little, right? And I would come in, and I would think, oh, Bob's here. Oh dear Lord. And my sponsor would say, go over and say hello to him. And I'd be like, oh, I just got to do this to appease her. <laughs> I would think that. And I would go, hi, Bob. Hi, Bob. Well, one day I went into this meeting and there was no chairs there, only one next to Bob. So I had to sit next to Bob. And, you know, my judgments, my assessments of who and what I thought Bob was, right? We do this. Oh, totally. Right? Oh, totally. So I sit down and um, after the meeting was over, um, I was going through something, and he said, you know, Lise, can I, can I just tell you a little story? And I said, yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, I can't wait till this is over. I got to hurry. Oh, God, Bob's going to tell me a story. He said, yeah. He said, um, you know, I have a little two-and-two -two, uh, condo over, up the street. He said, and it's really nice because everything's, like, set for me. He's like, I have my coffee pot, and I come down every morning, and there's my meditation books. And he says, and I have this little window, and outside the little window is this tree, this oak tree. And he says, and every morning I go down, I sit down, I have my little meditation, I look outside the window, all is right in the world. He said, and now there's this baby squirrel that is running all over and I see the mama squirrel and there's all these little baby squirrels and I think to myself oh my god look just god it's so good now he's telling me the story and I'm thinking oh my god he's telling me the baby squirrel story and he please god right so he says you know and then the very next day Lisa he said nothing happened I go upstairs I, I go about my day I go to bed he goes in the very very next day I come down and I get my coffee and I get my meditation book and I open up. He says, and I look out the same window and I see the same tree and the same family and the mother squirrels and the baby squirrels. And I think to myself, where's my baby gun? He said, that's alcoholism. Wow. And I thought to myself, oh my God, nothing happened. It's the same exact scenario. But one day, we are in love with the baby squirrels, and the next day, we want to get out the BB gun, and nothing happened. Mm. And there's something so relevant about that story. I remember getting in my car and thinking to myself, oh my God, he just told me how my mind works. He just told me how my, so I run home and I call Sally and I tell her the story and she said, oh, this is the guy, Bob, that you don't sit next to because you think he's smelly. 
And this is the guy, Bob, that you don't sit next to because his hair is a little oily. And he, oh, he drives a Harley and all that, right? This is that guy? That's the guy you're telling me about? And I'm like, yes, yeah, Al. Yeah. Yes, Al. Let that be a lesson to you. That we're all wearing meat suits. And that how we look on the outside has absolutely nothing to do with the inside. Right? Nothing. No, nothing. nothing. Nothing to do. Nothing to do with the inside. No. God so, gives us costumes, right? Costumes. This is my costume, right? Yeah, that's it. That's it. And this disease, we don't talk about how much it wants us to be alone. And I know there's so many people that might be listening right now that are sitting at home and they're like, I'm so alone. And then they watch TV or they watch social media and that just pours it on even more. Oh, right? uh, yeah. And it's all about judgment and yeah. what else everybody else has. And look, whatever you look at that family they're and that perfect. Christmas and oh my God. And they, little do they know they're slinging eggnog <laughs> at each other behind doors. But that's besides the, you know, every, it's all about judgments and and how we perceive other people to be or behave in any kind of situation. And we don't know anything. No. I mean, who is the, um, I believe it was Aristotle that says, the man who knows nothing is the wisest man of all. Because he knows that he knows nothing. We don't know anything. Mm-hmm. We think we know. I thought I knew Bob. I didn't know nothing about Bob, and I didn't know nothing about how he was going to change my thinking about my own thinking. Hmm. So our alcoholism can come in many different ways. We can be sitting at the same desk, at the same job, with the same husband and the same kids, in the same, 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 and one day we're hugging them, and the next day we want to get our BB gun, and nothing has happened because our disease is about perception. And we have to be very, well, I have to be very diligent about how my ego tries to infiltrate my life and tell me how right I am and how everybody else is wrong. Or they need to know. They don't need to know nothing. I need to know. So I always have to be very leery about my judgments and my assessments. And that really gauges, like when I do a 10-step, because I don't do it often, but when I do a 10-step, that that gauging the judgment and the assessments really show me how spiritually fit I am. Because it's hard. It's hard hard. to keep right-sized. It's so hard. Yeah, it is. It's so hard, and it's so hard not to think that we're losers. And it's so hard not to think that, like, oh, my gosh, if anybody really knew who I was, I'm that gypsy who lives in the woods, right? I'm that gypsy who lives in the woods. I might not have lived there in a little while, but she's still in here. Yes. Oh, she's still in here. Yeah. And I really have to get to that place where I already know that God forgave me. Mm. And trust that forgiveness. Yeah. And not have to, like... People have to sit here and want to know, like, what is God? What is it? And does it have to be Mary Magdalene that, like, got to, did she get to the tomb and was the body there and not there? I don't really have to care. I don't care. It doesn't really matter to me. No, I don't even, listen, I was sort of inundated with a lot of Catholicism in my, (laughs) I'm saying that nicely, in my younger years with the catechism beating over my head. But besides that, okay, when I first got clean and sober, I couldn't go there because it was just too painful for me. So I made 
the sun, my God, because I could count on it. It was yeah. every day it came up and every day it went down and every day it could come up and every, and I could pray to the sun and I could feel the, the sun's heat, you know, and I could feel it. And that morphed and morphed and morphed into really the divinity within each of us. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't really believe in a God out there anymore. I believe that we're all God. There's all a piece of God in each and every one of us. If we choose to see it. If we choose to see it. And yes. that's the part where the alcohol takes brings the darkness on. Yes. It's like I feel like I was walking around in like this, even though I had like the prettiest dress on, the best shoes, uh-huh. the best handbags, right? Yeah. But I was dark as ever because yeah. I didn't have, the, I couldn't believe, I couldn't trust. Yeah. My spirit came from that bottle. Yes. Exactly. Spiritless. Yeah. We were, yes, exactly. And then when you get clean and sober, you feel so hollowed out. Uh, In the first year, you're like, what's wrong with me? And people would say to me, nothing's wrong with you, sweetheart. You're getting sober. And I can't be it. <laughs> I just can't. It's got to be It's got to be some debilitating, devastating disease that I'm going to drop dead any minute. Can't. <laughs> right? Didn't totally. You, didn't you totally. want it to be? You couldn't, it could not just be getting sober. Stop that. Mm. I don't want to hear that one more no. time. But the roller coaster from hell. So anyone who is new in that first year and you were up and down and up and down and down and up and up and down and up and down and down and up, I'm here to tell you right where you're supposed to be. Even though you hate that, right? But oh, at that roller coaster is very difficult to manage. It's so hard. Yes. And if you don't have a friend or a sponsor that's there, that, oh. I, oh my gosh, I would call yes. mine a hundred times a day. Okay, I want to run away. <laughs> I hate these kids and I have to make dinner again. Chicken surprise again. I can't oh, do Oh, absolutely. Oh, it was so hard. Uh-huh. It was so, and all I wanted to do was run away. I just didn't want to feel in that feelings that would come back and then come rushing and be yes. like, oh my gosh. Yes, yes, yes. And if this is the person who's listening's first Christmas, what's your advice to them? Hang on. Because not only does it get greater later and it gets better, but it gets unbelievable. It I can't even describe to you how grateful I am to be in a program like Alcoholics Anonymous. And when I heard that in the beginning, I was the newcomer who was rolling my eyes thinking, oh, if I hear that, I hear that woman tell me how it gets better one more time, I'm going to take, take out my pen and stab her in the eye, okay? Because I don't like her just by the way she's talking. But I'm here to tell you that if you're feeling that way, that's totally normal. Just keep coming back. It doesn't, right? It doesn't matter how you feel. It matters what you do. Come back when you're crying. Come back when you're laughing. Come back when you're cheating. Come back when you're stealing. Come back even if you're doing all those things sober. Just keep coming back anyway. Just keep coming back. It takes a long time to get the thief out of you and the cheat out of you and all of that stuff. Just don't drink. Don't drink. And don't drug. And I promise you... Not only will it get better, but it, it gets unbelievable. Oh, and you never have to be alone again. No. You know, I was um, yes. I was at a meeting. This, I actually chaired a meeting this morning, and I talked about hope, and the reading and the daily reflections today talked about getting a sponsor and sponsorship and that sort of thing. And um, the puppies in the background, everybody. Oh, so it's kind of so like Delilah. Cute. She's got her dog in the background. Yes. You know, and on her show, and here we have Lily in the background crying. But... 
you know, I talked about how I never have to be alone again. And even if I'm not with my whatever, my the family I was birds with, right? Like my family of origin, my right. siblings, my mom, my dad, all the rest of that. Because there's a lot of chaos in that in my family. So I don't really like to go there anyway. Uh-huh. My chosen family are the people that I meet in Alcoholics Anonymous because they love me no matter what. We all speak the same language. We yes. all get it. We know what it's like to be in hell and walking around life. Yes. And life today is beyond. Beyond, beyond. And how about the women? How about the women? And for anybody who is new that is coming in who is a woman thinking, I hate women, well, wait till you find out how much you love women because they are going to save you and love you and pat you and kiss you and dry your tears and give you tissues and hug you. And just love you back to health. That's what they did for me. Me too. And it, it, yes. it took time for me to be able to let down that guard, right? Yes. I had to yes. let down that garden. It took me a long time. Mm-hmm. It even took me maybe even 13 years to get there. Yeah. But I got there. Absolutely. It was when I met you guys. Yeah. You know? And I want. if anybody's out there, I'm just putting a plug. Because guess what happens in Delray in August? What happens in Delray, Florida? Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Women in Recovery Conference. <laughs> so I was the co-chair, yes. Uh, oh, no, I was the co-chair and the chair two years. And now um, Susie C. is the chair. And we're just having so much fun with it. You have to come down. It's held at the Delray Marriott. And it's August the 20th to the 22nd this year. It's $35. I mean, for 35 bucks, what the hell do you want? It's a whole weekend of fun. And it's right on the water. It's on A1A for crying out loud. It's right on the beach. It's It's amazing. It's just amazing. There was 453 women that showed up last year and probably more this year. And we just have a. We, the I, I think it's going to be sold out this year because we're uh, going to get people to come from Busy Living Sober that are going to come down and want to meet these woo, people woo. that they've heard oh, from. Oh, it's just an amazing conference. And, I, and, you know, my sponsor, Snow, started this. Snow Peace started. Uh, the Women in Recovery Conference, and she has just been an integral part of my service. And she has taught me and Susie and all the other girls how to run these conferences because she wants us to learn how to do this to, you know, to spread the news, to to be able to run conferences and to keep keep Alcoholics Anonymous alive and going. And so, service. And, and it's service, helping. Service, this, service. And that's what this whole Busy Living yes. Sober is all about. We mm-hmm. want you all to know that it, we don't want you to feel alone. And Merry Christmas to everybody that's listening. And if yes. anybody can relate to Lisa and wants to reach out to her, please email me. Absolutely. Up for, I would love to hear from anyone, anyone and who we just, wants we, to reach out. We just out. don't want anybody to feel alone this Christmas. No. No, no, no. You are not alone. There's alcathons that you can go to. I went to meeting after meeting after meeting, and it's free food. <laughs> free food, and there's men there for the new girls, I got to tell you. It's probably not the best advice, but, that, but listen, it caught my attention. Listen, right, I was go. able to take a shower and put on some nice duds and go out and mingle and just have some semblance of a life Except, without drinking and drugging, right? Right, and if you're at, like, your thoughts this year are like, oh my, I have to go to this family party and I know everybody's going to be drinking and I have like a week or I have two months. Take somebody with you. Make sure that you have your own transportation. Make sure that you convince yourself that you are allowed to leave that family unit whenever you see fit. Do not stay. Do not stay. Make sure, the best advice I got was 
make sure you have your own transportation. And if you don't have a car because your 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 car's in hock, okay, and your license is suspended, then you take your girlfriend. Or an Uber, right? Or an Uber. Or exactly. you meet somebody at a meeting that will pick you That's up. That's exactly right. right. Right? Like, get those phone lists that they talk about. Yes, yeah. yes. I know that you don't want to, that 500-pound <laughs> phone, but do it anyway. You're going to have to please. do Yeah, you're going to you're gonna have to start doing things against your will anyway, so might as well start. Right. Do it now because it right, now. New Year's is like, what, two minutes away? <laughs> then two you've got to do your way. Exactly. And it's all making sure you take care of you. Yes. Just don't pick up a drink no matter what. No matter what because the pain passes but if you pick up a drink to throw a band-aid on it then you're on you're back to step one again mm-hmm. then there's more pain it just it's just you know a terrible cycle that a keeps terrible going. cycle so just it, it's only 20 minutes cry your eyes cry your eyes out and move on yeah but get out and meet people. Get out and meet people. Go to a meeting. Go. go to a meeting. Raise meeting. your hand. Yeah. Don't go to a meeting and keep it inside. Raise yeah. your hand. Talk about what's going on with you. Nobody will remember anyway. They're just going to yeah. know oh, they yeah. love you anyway. Oh, quick little story. Yeah. Um, Sally, uh, I would say to Sally, Sally, there's no way I'm going into that meeting, raising my hand, and telling everyone my personal business. And she said, oh, that's right, Lisa, because they, when you raise your hand, they have their pen and papers out. Because they're writing down every single... I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. She's like, how important do you think that... Do you think they're getting posters made? And they're hanging them up on the trees around the meeting house. <laughs> Lisa said this... <laughs> Lisa, nobody cares. They're there for the same reason. I was like, oh, I forgot I'm not that important. Just talk what you need to talk, right? Yeah. Reach out. Do not be alone because we're here. We're here. We're here. I hope everybody has the most merry, merry, merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. She's way better than I am, everybody. <laughs> Thanks so much, Lisa. Oh, Love so you so welcome. much. Oh. Well, until next week, everybody, keep getting busy living sober. Bye-bye.